Welcome to the ninth episode of the Great Lakes Gridiron Podcast. I am your co-host that talks the most, Justin. Alongside me today, as always, are the great Benjamin Pack and Connor Russell. How are you guys today? Doing good. You know, it was uh, so-so week one, but um, just glad football's back. You know, we're heading into week two. NFL starts tomorrow. Lions money line. Um, but ready for week two? We got a great episode for you today, guys. If you're not drinking the Kool-Aid and if you're not pumped about football in general right now, you're you're making a mistake. Benji Absolutely. said Benji said Lions money line. By the time this comes out, we'll get to see he's either a genius or an idiot. One of the two. <laughs> yes. Hey, you know what? What? I will either take all the crap or all the praise. That's I'm a man of for either. I'm ready there, for either. There is no in between. There is no in between. If, um, if, if, and it, if uh, the line, if lines don't actually win, I was kidding. But if, uh, <laughs> it's if just you, a joke. I was being serious. I was being absolutely serious. But yeah, you know, I I was thinking today, you know. It's weird because on Tuesday I was kind of getting like withdrawals from uh, no football. I wish we did have an action this time of year, but that would also be kind of dangerous. I think we need to, to breeze into it a little bit. Uh, and, well, speaking of taking all the praise and all the uh, and all the criticism, you know, for our you know gambling tracker, you know, I got a two mile horn. My top three went three and zero. Oh. This past week, I had UCF minus 37. Uh, I had Miami, Florida minus 17. And I had Toledo plus 9.5. I did sprinkle it on the money line, which I guess you can count that as a loss, but the 9.5 made up for it. Um, overall, I went 6-3. and three. Benji overall went 8-2. and two. Uh, He trusted CMU too much and trusted Ball State a little yeah. too much. And then uh, Connor... You know, he had an overall winning record of seven and three, but his top three only went one and two. I, I am not sure what happened with that either. You know, if I'm only picking three bets out of the seven from last week and I missed two of those, I you might not want to trust me this week. Uh, I will say I watched all of that Temple Akron game and Temple should have covered. Like I watched all of that game and it was more about Temple just not executing and not putting the ball in the end zone than it was Akron actually playing. So, oh, I don't so it wasn't really as close. Because I didn't watch a second of that game. I mean, and so that they were down seventeen to, uh, I think seventeen to ten at halftime. Okay. And uh, they immediately like tied up the game after half or whatever. And then they just, you know, it kept being like Temple would go on these forty-yard drives and then stall out on fourth and two. Their coach would try to run some dumb play call or whatever. And anyways, we'll get into that in okay. a second. But uh. Yeah, Connor went one and two in his big plays. The under forty five and a half from CMU MSU was kind of a lock. Um, looked great all the way till the third quarter, and then the fourth quarter kind of scared us. And then under forty nine and a half for Bowling Green versus Liberty. Don't blame that on Connor. I blame it on the other Connor, Connor Bayslack, and I'll get into that later, or we'll get into that later. And then Temple minus ten. I, think, we'll get I into that later. think I remember getting a text from Yuna in our group chat saying that he was going off. No, no, that's that's the complete opposite of what I said. I said we'll get to is, that game in the recap. Yeah, <laughs> I said he is buns. But um, you know, on today's episode, we'll be recapping the twelve games from week one. You know, with all twelve teams playing this uh, playing last week, we have a lot to talk about. And we'll go and a lot to go over, and we'll try to do this as quick as possible. Already talked about our three picks, but you know, I'm so excited to get a full slate of football again this weekend. Um, 
and recap the games. But any games stand out to you guys this week? With this this week, I'm really looking forward to that Ohio, the Ohio FAU game. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I I'm, I'm thinking Ohio is going to come back and pull off the upset and kind of get back to normal. But I don't know, Tom Herman, um, Casey Thompson. They looked good last week. We'll, we'll have to wait and see, but I'm really – I think that's the best game. 6, 6 p.m. down in Boca Raton. Yeah, see, and I'm going to the other part of Ohio with Miami of Ohio playing against UMass. Those were two teams that got blown out in week one, and I'm just looking forward to them having a closer matchup with reasonably competitive teams. Yeah, absolutely. And then another game I'm looking forward to, EMU at Minnesota. That's my favorite one. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a fun matchup. That is my favorite one, and you know we'll talk all about that one here in a second. But I want to say that, you know, if there's ever a year to uh, sink the boat after that first game, it might oh, be God. this year. That game was that game was a lot of fun to watch. I watched it on Thursday night last Thursday, but man, it was gross. It was, <laughs> but but we'll get into those games soon. Well, what we're gonna do is we're gonna jump straight into week one preview or um, sorry, week one recap. Uh, the first game we're going to talk about is the St. Francis Western Michigan game. Uh, St. Francis held it to within three touchdowns. Western won 35 17. Kind of just a tune up game for them, you know, after they, this is their one win of the year, right, Connor? I mean, they, they, they had to win this one. Yeah, I mean, there's not going to be many other opportunities for them. I mean, <laughs> they're almost as bad. Okay, actually, I'm going to say this I don't think they're as bad as Kent State and Akron. I know Akron really held their own, so they're good for them. But like, I don't think they're in that same suckage tier, if you will. But they didn't dominate this game, and they did rely a lot on the run game. They had two guys who uh, were over 60 yards. So, yeah, kind of interesting to not see them just go completely insane. But whatever. It's a win. Yeah, yeah win's a win. Uh, they kept it. Uh, St. Francis kept it close. But, you know, I think it's going to be tough. I, I see still this is a one to three win team. I I think they could get probably to for three and nine, but I don't get into four and eight or five and seven. It doesn't look likely. They've they've lost a lot. I would say I don't um, know if you can only beat St. Francis by eighteen. Yeah. I'm we'll just see. trying to be I'm just trying optimistic. to be optimistic for them for the Broncos. But yeah, well, it doesn't look like it. Well, something that's not optimistic and I have to continue on with uh the not gravy train was at a Kent state performance against UCF. Uh, you know, the podcast was right about UCF minus 37. We really should have said UCF minus 47. You know, uh, you, UCF really put it, put it on towards the end of the game. Like it was, <clears throat> it was looking like Kent might actually cover for a little bit, but whew. yeah, didn't, I don't have the stats in front of me, but didn't UCF have like 700 yards in this game? I'm yes. like, how uh, ridiculous yes. does it get? Yeah. It, yeah, well, halftime. I I remember it was fairly close. They were Kent was actually covering by halftime. But... Uh, they weren't really. It was twenty eight yeah. three. Yeah. Well, that's technically sport. covering. Yeah. Well, no, not for the first half. You know, like on pace, they were gonna lose by fifty, which they did. Well, I wasn't talking about on pace. I was just talking about in general the spread. Yeah. yeah UCF had. I'm not uh... going that advanced analytics. Yeah, UCF had <laughs> 730 yards. <laughs> a lot of punts for UCF. Or uh, yeah, uh, it was not not a good day. I, you know, honestly, you look at Kent State stats, and they got about you know 230 yards, which is not bad. But I mean, that's more yards than what CMU got. 
Um, but yeah, UCF rushing, UCF put up about 400 yards on them running the ball. Uh, so my takeaway here is if you live in the state, the great country of Australia, and you have a good leg, you might want to <laughs> look at Kent State as a future punting option because they're going to get a lot of use out of you. Yes. They have, yeah, I'm looking at their, I'm looking at the uh, scoring chart, the play-by-play for the scoring. <laughs> There's been a lot of punts. Interception, punt, 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 yeah. punt, punt <laughs> downs, field goal, punt, punt, and then two plays for two yards to end the game. <laughs> it's Oof. Yeah. To start the start the game was punt, field goal, missed field goal, punt, interception, end of half. <laughs> Sounds and, like a great and, game. And the uh, my my guy, the running back, um, from Kansas didn't even play. So yeah, that was weird. That we'll was come weird. on that. We'll have to look into that. But but uh, anyways, you know that was it for the Thursday games. Uh, that was a good you know taste of football that we got early on uh, Friday. You know, we're going to jump into the Friday game. And the big game that we went to, you know, was MSU-CMU. But first, we're going to start about Eastern Michigan versus Howard. And, you know, this game was a lot closer than what we thought it was going to be. Uh, you know, Eastern won 33-23. to 23. I, did, What happened? You know, Benji, we were at CMU-MSU. We couldn't see what was going on. Did you watch this at all? Like, see what was happening? Um. I, I, I wasn't watching, but I was following, and EMU just sleptwalked through this entire game. It was kind of kind of odd. Um, I believe I put, I believe I live bet it, plus six, 13 or 6, I think it was plus 16 at one point, and EMU looked like they had the game under control. I think it was like, I can't remember exactly what the score was, but it was a long, long weekend. Um, yeah. But, EMU looked like they were in control, but yeah, they never really. They kind of just—it was kind of like a week one sleptwalk game for them. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm looking at it now. The end of the first quarter, they were up sixteen nothing, and then yes, halftime they were up thirty to nine, and you're like, okay, this is gonna be a blowout. And then Howard came out and got two touchdowns in the third, make it thirty twenty three, and it's like, hold on, what's going yeah. on? Yeah, they definitely sleptwalk through the second half. Connor, you want to add anything? Not, not really. They just rotated their guys. That's what I'm going to make the assumption about. Uh, I'm pretty sure they only had like three sacks on defense against the FCS line, so that's pretty disappointing. I think it's going to lead to some issues when they play against a good team next week. I'm, I'm glad you brought up their defensive line because Howard ran for 204 yards. Like that, you can't let a Division two team run for 204 yards against you. Not, uh, not sure how you're going to be able to hold up against Minnesota, you know, considering yeah. they're known for that. Yeah. Or or I was going to say, you know, later in the year, Toledo. Uh, but, yeah, this week, Minnesota alone. But, you know, so that's it for the Eastern Howard game. Next up, we've got the Confusion Bowl. And the Confusion Bowl had no confusion in who won. Oh, and it man, was... This, was, this was a blowout. Brett Gabbard, like, what are you doing, man? man this is he, your fault. He called them out, and they did not show up. And he played horrible. Uh, yeah, th- this is his fault. I'm blaming yeah. this on him. You I watched get... this game honestly, and Miami, the M- Miami Florida, the U, the real U, just dominated on the ground. Didn't really throw the ball, just ran it right down their throat. They had a, a bunch of long runs. Um, that didn't even really. They didn't. They wouldn't go for touchdowns, but they'd get just kept knocking off runs of 15, 20 yards. 
Jesus. Uh, and then Brad Gabbert, 12 to 21, 127 at 38.2 QER. <laughs> Man, you can't you can't be going out uh, the week before the week of the game talking crap like that and not back it up or not even show up. Yeah, and they they also my, the last thing I'll say on this game, it just looked like Miami was out of shape. I don't know, or maybe it was the Florida Heat, but it just didn't. It looked like something was off. Yeah, you can't be saying we're we're the real Miami and then lay an egg. That's because that's pretty much what they did. And Benji, I'm looking at the Miami rushing stats right now. First guy, nine carries for 90 yards. Second guy, nine carries for 76 yards. <laughs> like, yeah, Miami had four running backs that that knocked off big runs. They yeah. Henry Parrish had a long 37, Mark Fletcher Jr. 26, A.J. Allen 16, Donald Cheney Jr. 20. I mean, they, yeah, it was not even close. They averaged seven seven yards a carry. See, that's pretty ridiculous to me since they had four guys running. uh, I'm just looking forward to the Great Lakes Gridiron episode in about two years where two of those out of those four are playing for Mac schools. Really looking yeah. forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. You know what's funny is one's going to go to the real Miami, too. <laughs> yeah. But the I next think game, A.J. Allen was a Nebraska guy, but... The next game we're going to talk about, and we're going to spend a little extra time on this um, game here, as it was the one that we went to and we're most passionate about. And we have some personal takes about MSU and Spartan Stadium. And while, we're going to throw them in while we're talking about this, but... uh. CMU lost 31 to 7. And the score really doesn't dictate how close this game actually was. CMU led at one point right before half and should have been up probably 14 3, 14 10 at halftime, and possibly 21 10 on the other side of halftime. Uh, let's get into this, guys. You know, Connor and I talked about this throughout the whole game. Uh, and literally, when we went up 7 3, I had a text ready to you, Benji, saying, Emergency podcast, let's go. And then immediately, MSU took the touchdown like a minute later. Um, Connor. Do you want to start? Do you want Benji to start since he wasn't there? Let's get Benji's take since we were actually there. I kind of want to see what he had to say about it. Well, here's the thing. I thought that overall for CMU, and I'm I, I'm going to try not to say we here because this is, I'm going to try to get unbiased, but I thought CMU played a great game defensively, especially in the first half. Offensively, there, I said last week that going into this game, if they wanted, if CMU for CMU to pull off the upset, they couldn't leave scores on the field. Basically, they couldn't make make mistakes. They had to convert when they could. That first, the first series, fourth down, Burton Manuel f- falls down on fourth and goal from like the two two or three, and then they threw the interception in the second half. I think if those those two drives had to be touchdowns, and they should have been touchdowns. I mean, if they if those were both touchdowns, this was a completely different game. Um, I thought MSU looked horrible. Uh, Mel Tucker did not look good uh, on the sidelines. He looked like he was kind of kind of sweating a little bit. That I mean, that's more Big Ten related, but. Uh, Noah Kim, he he hit some throws in the second half. Uh, I thought their running back, Nathan Carter, had a couple good runs. But overall, this was a game that was a lot closer than the final score. Um, And CMU 
I guess it, there's no morale victories, but it is kind of a morale victory. Uh, I don't know. Feel better about the overall team for CMU this year. I just, but I, I don't know about the quarterback because I, Burt Manuel, he's a Lamar Jackson athlete, but he, he can't really, he, his arm is questionable. I'll say that. <laughs> at best. Yeah, um, at best. Connor, um, I'll, I'll go first and then I'll let you finish it off. Okay. Cool. Um, Yeah. You pretty much hit the nail right on the head, Benji. Uh, this game was a lot closer, like I said, than what the score uh, said. That first drive, Bert Emanuel slips on fourth and three from the goal line. If he gets, That guy was wide open in the end zone. The tight end was wide open. I mean, that was in front of Connor and I. That was in front of our section. Like, we legit, like, he was so open, I think I could have thrown the ball from the grandstand to him, like the upper, upper level to him. And he just slipped. And the first half... Jim McElwain outcoached Mel Tucker, without a doubt. Uh, oh. Mel Tucker, for whatever reason, could not handle the motion, the pistol motion that CMU was doing. It made no sense. It was like the zone run scheme that Jim was that CMU was doing. Mel Tucker had no answer for it. And going back to that touchdown, if they go up seven nothing. Noah Kim's rattled. You know, Noah Kim. You know, they had a couple drops, right? But those drops probably get intensified if they're down 7 nothing, right? You try harder when you're losing than you do when you're winning. So if they're dropping when they're tied or, you know, winning, they're not going to – they're still going to probably drop it when they're losing. And so Noah Kim, for whatever reason, just after seeing you score, decided to go super Saiyan and throw two perfect dimes and get them to score before half. And then, you know, it's 10-7. I, you know, we, Connor and I, we were proud of the boys, you know, Hey, we're like, Hey, great first half. This is awesome. You know, you're with it. Let's go. But you can't rely on your defense the whole game. And that's what happened is the offense was stale. It couldn't score for whatever reason. I mean, the reason is Bert, unfortunately. And I agree with you, Benji, like to the T, the team looks so much better. If we actually had, like you, you said it in the preview pretty much in the uh, preview last week. Are we going to regret not getting a transfer quarterback in the portal? And there are two, and I, I think I text. Sorry to interrupt, but I texted you on Saturday morning. And I said there are two guys that I thought we should have gone on and get gone. Yeah, JT Daniels, former five star, and then um, forgot the the Washington QB. He was a five star. Uh, his dad, uh, Brock Hewitt. Uh, yeah, or Brock Hewitt's son. You know, I. I just, think Bert, Bert, I just see him going. He's going to, he could be an NFL wide receiver. There's a play on the first drive where he jumped. He, he ran out of bounds and he, he almost hurtled, uh, or he like jumped up onto something. And it was like, oh my God, this guy is an incredible athlete. He's, a, but he's a wide receiver, I think. I think his dad played for the Falcons as a wide out. Yeah. And it's, it's, like you said, you pretty much said it. It's, are we going to regret not going into the transfer portal for him or for a quarterback? And, you know, I think we might. Because, cause, and uh, Connor, and this is why I wanted to go first, because I want to lead you up with this, and then you can have your take on the game. If you take Bert Emanuel out and you put in a JT Daniels or you put in a quarterback that can throw the ball, one, we might win that game. But two, I think we definitely go seven and five. But after seeing Bert Emanuel, 
I think I might be siding with Connor's take of us going five and seven. I need to see this week to to really have a better idea, but I didn't really see much last week. Out uh, uh, throwing wise, I th- thought he he's clear. It was clear he was QB one. Um, I thought he commanded the offense good. He just the throwing wasn't there for me. You know, it's funny that you mentioned you need to see this week because once we get to that quick preview segment we're going to do at the end here, I do have a little bit of bulletin board material for Central to uh, pin onto their their fridges and get excited <laughs> about. But um, I think this is kind of a two-point take here where Central did not look good. And I personally think I'm validated with how harsh I was about Central coming into this season where I saw it being a losing record but close, kind of like on that borderline 500. I think a lot of the problems are going to stem from this offense, and I don't have faith in any single performer on the offense, even if we get rid of this whole QB situation, because both Emmanuel and Bauer sucked in that game. And I think McElwain's play calling was fantastic for what we have. I love pistol sets. I like how much bunch we used, and I liked all the misdirection they were pulling off. (laughs) But you can't run the ball 75% of the time and get away with it. We tried to pass too much, and we fell flat. It just It's such a mess. And it sucks because we have such a good defense. There's so many guys on defense right now that I have faith in. But when our three and outs keep happening and you have to put the defense on the field like we did, you have no hope. And it sucked because we really felt good at halftime. And we really got saved by our defense up to that point. I think after that, we were just kind of gassed out and had no shot at it. Yeah, yeah. and and we also, you know, if if CMU's defense can promise us two two turnovers a week you know what seeing you just going eight and four this year right because that's how you help the offense you shorter fields all that but I, I just feel for the boys on defense they played a hell of a game Same. like i said four touchdowns it wasn't really a four touchdown game the defense let up it was really a fluke one before halftime and then they got a long one in the third quarter and that kind of just drove the nail yeah. in the coffin yeah Mm, and so. I got I, I remember getting super scared when Bristol went down our defensive tackle. I was yeah. like, oh, my yeah, God. The first off, I called him I, I called him Roby in the game. I'm sorry to both of them. I just can't tell from a million miles up. Thanks, MSU, for putting us up the cheap seats. <laughs> but, you know, at least we we're next to the band. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. They and, definitely and showed the, you guys on the broadcast. Oh, yeah. And, and then the one touchdown yeah. we scored, the band wasn't even next to us because they were downstairs getting ready for their performance. That was great. I had a acapella, the fight song by myself. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everyone just knew the woo part. <laughs> I got there and I was like, I don't know what else is next. Um, what's, uh, Connor, you're going to do the bulletin board material on the preview? Yeah, I'll, I'll throw it up <laughs> on the preview. One more, a couple more things I'm going to add. And like I said, we're going to go a little extra into this because it's the game we went to passionate about. Spartan Stadium sucks. Worst. Uh, It it literally might be a bottom five, power five stadium in the world, uh, in in the United States for sure. Uh, Two main reasons. One, Benji, our tickets had one through seven. Okay, seats one through seven. You would think seat one would be on the aisle, right? Yeah. It wasn't. It was in the middle of the row. That didn't make no sense. Thank you. Thank you. That makes no sense. The signage made no sense. Also, the bathroom at halftime, the bathroom is a one-way-in and one-way-out bathroom. So you had 50 people going in, 50 uh, people coming out. Like, honestly, I probably got sick from... Uh, do they even have a community bathroom? What do you mean? Where you're... It's just the... Or 
where they have the one urinal they all no like no the trough they have the shrine of piss troughs yeah they have the troughs yeah they have the troughs okay. well, i don't that's have a, a good bathroom that's a big ten bathroom right there <laughs> no i don't have a i don't have a problem with the trough i have a problem with trying to get in to use the trough yeah, yeah that's frustrating getting out and where it's located our seats okay another thing too i'm sick of these damn schools putting us up top okay be like lsu where you put us down they took by care the of us. lsu they fed us yes See, and it's yeah. not just—it's not just the ones doing it to little schools. That's happening all over in NCAA right now, where everyone's moving fans to the top for well, away teams because they're getting more money by right. putting their home. T- I get it. I get it. Okay, I understand it. Doesn't mean I have to like it, right? It's—it's it's, honestly, from an away perspective, it doesn't make me want to go to the game. Like I know it sounds bad. Yeah. Of course, we're gonna I go. Agree. I mean, we're gonna keep going because that's—we love our school. We're passionate. You know, like next year we're gonna go to Illinois. But it sucks. It really yeah, does, it does suck. Like Penn State last year sucked. We were so high up and just, you know, you feel away from the action. Like I said, nothing will ever top LSU when we scored that long touchdown. The guys came to celebrate in our corner. Like that's awesome. That's yeah, so awesome. And that's like, and guess what? Uh, and, and Connor, I know you said it's because of money, you know, ticket sales. But how many times have we mentioned for people to go visit LSU versus people go mis- visit Penn State? You know, at, at what point does word of mouth advertisement from people that have experienced it, you know, o- over overcompensate for how shit it is? You know, like if there was an away fan that was going to Penn State, like uh, West Virginia fans, I would have been like, hey, don't go. Just watch the game at the bars that they have. It's fun bars. Go tailgating. It's fun. But don't go to the stadium because they're going to put you high up. Don't do it. Don't waste your money. Well, compared <laughs> to LSU, if it's West Virginia, LSU, fucking go, man, because that's going to be so much fun. Yeah, absolutely agree. <laughs> Death Valley is was unbelievable, and I I do agree with you that it's it's very frustrating to have to sit in the nosebleeds. Like but I understand we're not we're not this isn't like I miss we're it's this isn't Michigan coming to play MSU. I was no. about to say that. I was about to say it's well, not like it's an Ohio State, Michigan, or Michigan, yeah. Michigan State. It's a team that like you know. It just, I think it kind of ruins college football. You know, I, yeah. Benji, I know you don't watch European soccer a lot. Connor, you do. You know, I was watching Manchester United versus Arsenal on Sunday, and it was at Arsenal. Man United scored. They went to go celebrate with their supporters that were right by the goal. You know, yeah. you could see the away crowd going crazy. That's awesome. You know, that it yeah. sucked that Man United scored. Arsenal did win, but that's awesome to see. Instead of imagine like, you know, imagine that Oklahoma State game where we had the unbelievable, you know, hook and ladder play, all that stuff, and they're like pointing up to the up to the second level trying to cheer with them. That's not fun. That's not fun. Yeah, that's not college football. I think the final takeaways here are we've added another thing to our stadiums list of things we hate. And we need to factor that into our new rankings for Mac stadiums in the future. Just yeah, saying. We'll, we'll do that next year. We'll do that next year for sure as we get more information on where the away fans sit. Luckily enough, for Mac schools, there's pretty much <laughs> outside like yeah, Buffalo. Where, where's your upper tier? Yeah, where's your upper tier? Yeah. Is it on the track? <laughs> do you have to go into the, into the field? <laughs> away fans at Miami of Ohio have to just sit in the cradle of coaches the whole time. <laughs> so, but that's, you know, we'll go. I'll say one more thing. I'll say one more thing. It was a great, it was a fun time. It was great seeing sunset over the campus. 
fun time, you know, game was closer than what it should be. MSU, you got to fix your stadium. Seat one should be the end of the row or the start of the row. Shouldn't be the middle of it. Also, there should be a men's entrance and exit for the bathroom. Also, stop putting away fans in the top upper nosebleeds. Okay, anyone else want to say anything? Or continue? Uh, I, w- I will say that I, I'm really confused at how they're going to be able to sell beer and keep up with the lines in those narrow hallways. Oh, they can't. Right? They're not going to. It's going to be a disaster. Yeah, it's going to be terrible. All right, done. Okay. That's it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyways, so now we're going now for the games that happened on Saturday. That was just Thursday and Friday, guys. Wait till, wait till the Saturday games. You know, let's start with Ohio versus LIU. You know, and I was very surprised Work did not play after we talked about him being cleared to play. And Connor. You said it yourself. I, I know. He didn't play at all. I can't believe it. And but... it almost seems like C.J. Harris got benched. Because like their third string had a touchdown pass, too. I'm, I'm not going to read into it too much, right, on, like, injury status, or was it them being safe? Because they're going to they're gonna smokescreen everything, right? That's what you do. I mean, we'll see this yeah. weekend. We'll, we'll see, see this weekend. Yep, because they have to play this game. they got to play it hard, so they're yeah. going to need them. Yeah. Benji? Yeah, I it really for me this game was there's not much to read into. Um, I'm really looking at the game this week, but they got the win. Wins a win. That's all that matters. Um, see, Bangura that didn't get over a hundred. It's good to see after last week where they once work got hurt, they kind of stopped feeding them. It seemed like, or at least once they went down. Um, I did notice. Uh, Though zero catches for Wigless, yes, Wigless, Wigless. Yeah. Uh, they they might have rested him too. I, I think yeah. they did honestly because yes. he didn't get anything. Um, yeah, yeah, I didn't oh. see him at all. So uh, he must have gotten rested because he kind of went off last week. So, but I'm really looking to this game uh, this week against FAU. It's going to be one to tune into. It's going to be, a, I think, going to be a shootout. Before Connor goes, I forgot to mention one more thing about Michigan State. Um, so when we got to the game, when Connor and I got to the game, Alante Brown, the wide receiver on kickoff, got injured. Okay, and he was stretchered off to the sideline and stretched off into the locker room. The man came back on to play. How are you allowed? Like, how was he allowed to come back to play? And Benji, you said that he was then in street clothes in the second half. Yeah, he was. Uh... I've 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 seen this this video before and it, it sounds like 2014 Michigan football. I mean, Shane Morris. I mean, ha, ha, has Mel Tucker never watched the concussion movie? Because it could star him. Um, anyway, the truth. I mean, it's the, the, the concussions in today's age are no joke. How are you going? He's literally holding his head on the cart. As if I'm the coach, I don't care how good my player is. If he's holding his head on the cart, he's done. There is no chance he's coming back. I don't even care if the medical staff clears him to play. One, no offense, Alante Brown, but you're on special teams, right? Like, you normally don't put your best players on special teams. So how crucial did you? he need to come back onto that field to play against Central Michigan? That's another coaching yeah. thing against Mel Tucker. So Yeah. And Mel Tucker right. kind, of, kind of punted when they asked him about it. He kind of uh, – he, I think he said something along the lines of that I'm not, I'm the head coach. I don't make the decision. I don't clear players or something like that. Um, so that's going to be a situation to watch, especially if he doesn't play this week. 
Yeah, he said he was cleared to come back, and then we took him out. Those are medical decisions, and I support those 100%. It's all about the safety of the players. He's in good spirits, and so we're just happy about that. How are you all for safety of the players when he got cleared and said, hey, go right back out there? Whatever. Sorry. Sorry to go back to the Michigan State thing. That was just – I forgot we – I needed to talk about that because that is just terrible. Another thing to terrible. add to – yeah, another thing to add to the MSU hate train. Uh, Connor, bring us back into Ohio versus uh, Long Island. Uh, the Sharks have a cool logo. That's it. Yeah, yeah. This game was pretty dull. Okay. Be honest. I mean, that's that's fair. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> next is Ball State and Kentucky, and poor Ball State. They just got manhandled in this game, and uh, you know, you know lost- I think I think Mark Stoops listened to our podcast last week because he we put it on him. <laughs> we and did. He wanted because I I was talking all the crap about their offense and. You made sure Devin Leary threw the ball, and yeah. Yeah. 44-14. Yeah, 44-14, and it's not going to get any prettier for them this week. Uh, Not really – I don't think there's any bright points for Ball State. I mean, they kind of kept it close. They were, like, covering for, what, three quarters of the game and then didn't. Uh, Yeah, nothing – not a whole lot. Good went on. They were up for the score. They were up. Yeah. Yeah, they won the first quarter. They won the first quarter, and that's then, all that matters. Yeah, hey, really? you know, stop the you, count. If you block, <laughs> stop the count. <laughs> hey, if you black out after the first quarter, you think you won, right? I mean, so yeah. Um, but yeah, good luck against Georgia this week. We'll talk more about that in a second. Uh, the third noon game from Saturday slate we're going to talk about is the game that might have ended Connor's career. No, not our Connor. Connor Bazelag's career. Uh, Liberty okay. won 34-24. Over bowling career. You got a problem with that, Benji? <laughs> You're a little harsh on my guy, boy Connor. <laughs> Which one? Oh, man. He, he, I'm looking at stats now. Whoa. I'm sorry yeah, I didn't he... watch this game either. Man. <laughs> From oh one Connor God. to another, uh, I think he needs a little bit of uh, empathy this week because, oh, boy. Uh, yeah, that, well, that's a pretty rough well, one to walk into. Yeah, l- listen. Six I, uh... 21, 71 <laughs> yards, zero touchdowns, three picks. If he had a 10.5 QBR, and then the quarterback, oh, God. That's they, better than zero. That's not great. Camden or 5 of 10, 66 yards, one touchdown, two picks, 10.8 QBR. Yeah. Not great. Yeah, I was going to say Liberty won this game 34-24 over Bowling Green in a game that Bowling Green literally gave away to Liberty with five yeah. interceptions. There's, there's no if in the butt spot. And – I know you want me to be nice to your boy Connor Bates. Like I can't, Benji. Like this is it. I watched. What happened to this guy? Because he was he was good at Missouri a couple years ago. Like he was not that bad. I'll be the COVID year, but like, he he's regressed. What it looks like is it, it, it Connor and I can I can explain this to you perfectly because of NCAA football and most recent NCAA football is. It looks like he played NCAA football where he thinks this route is always going to be open and he throws it and then the route's not open. Like oh, the, it's outs. Yeah, he was yeah. running the outs play yes. the whole time. Yes. And there was literally an interception where he ran an out play or a flag route and uh, threw it in triple coverage. <laughs> and then, then he ran four verts and had the guy wide open. And instead of throwing a dart pass like you do so the safety doesn't get it, he tried to lob it up. And, of course, the safety just played center field and picked it off. Cool. Um, yeah. They, honestly, like, he's probably going to start this next week because he has to, right? Yeah, he has to start. I mean, 
But if he has one more game like this, like, well, they he don't might really be have done. Much. They're they're yeah, yeah. I mean, they got Michigan coming up, but they got to get through this week. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting too because I called it being an under, and I missed out, even though all those turnovers. So kind of weird. But Liberty's defense is solid. For as much as I don't like Liberty as a team this year. They still have some of the best interior D linemen in the nation. So yeah. maybe they got some pressure in. It doesn't really show on the sheet because everything's picked up by the secondary. I don't know. It's well, just kind of weird that this game was still close. Well, Connor, here, I can. I, this is going to make you mad on how you missed the under, right? What was the under? 48? 49 and a half. Okay, 49 and a half. So total was 58. Uh, a pick six and a blocked field goal for a touchdown. There's 14 points. There's your under. Yeah. So that's how you lost it because of those two right there. Uh, and yeah, it actually makes me a little worried for Jamie uh, Jamie Chadwell, because how are you not scoring more points on Bowling Green with five turnovers? Yeah, it's because uh, they're not a good team. That Well, yeah. Yeah. keep going into them, Connor. Keep going into Liberty. I know. Watch them win again this week. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, the fourth and final game from the noon slate is a game that I almost called to the exact details on. And that is NIU over BC. Congratulations to the Huskies. Big Mac win over a power five team. We love to see it. You know, on last week's episode, I talked about how there was a good chance that NIU could win this game. And I said that they would cover. Oh, not only did they cover, but like I said, they won again. They had some fourth quarter scoring problems. They scored a touchdown with 10 minutes left, but couldn't score anything else. And they were up. I think they were up 24 to 10 after that touchdown, and they let Boston College back in the game. But they did escape with the win. Sorry, it was 21-7 because Boston College kicked the uh, uh, field goal in overtime, and then NIU got a touchdown to walk it off. But, you know, great win for the MAC. Again, NIU has fourth-quarter scoring problems. That has to get addressed. Uh, anything else you guys want to put in? It just seemed like uh, Boston College, once they got down 14 nothing. They just were playing catch up the rest of the game. They couldn't, couldn't get the get it, the lead at all. I mean, they tied it and it was tied through going into OT, but it just didn't feel like they were gonna win. Just my, kind of my thoughts. There. I so before the game when I gave my previews and stuff, I went ahead and gave matchups, and I was pretty into Emmett Moorhead, and he only threw ten passes. So I'm kind of surprised at what happened there where Castellanos ended up starting for Boston College. Probably had a lot to do with all of this. But, hey, NIU did what we always see them do, where they ran the ball, they used multiple backs, and they won on the ground. So they weren't horribly – or they weren't incredibly efficient anywhere, but they won? It's weird. It's really weird. Yeah, they had uh, one passing touchdown by a running back named Justin Lynch. Yep. I don't know if there's any Ghost. relation, but there is. is it? Is it his younger yep. brother? Yep. You've got to be kidding me. Why did he nope. he, he put hit my name on his little brother? <laughs> I I hate your parents. I hate your parents. Um, but it's funny to me that Justin Lynch got more passing touchdowns than Rocky Lombardi. Again, Rocky Lombardi is pretty much just a game manager at this point in his career. He's not going to win you games. He's not going to lose you games. But in this case, he won. he won the game for them, so... Hey, good one for the Mac. You know, we like these. Next game we're going to go into is the Akron versus Temple game. And this is a game that Akron probably should have won as they had a lead late, had a 21-10 to 10 lead at halftime, but blew it with a lot of bad penalties late and zero offensive scores in the fourth quarter. 
kind of they pulled an NIU. Uh, Connor, you know, I want you to talk about this since you said Temple minus nine was your one of your top three plays. Yeah, so I had Temple minus ten. I also said my lock of the year for futures was the Akron under four. So I'm feeling a little shook by how close this game ended up being, but you know they rounded it out in one. Uh, personally, here's here's what I think happened. So there's a big thing going on in Pennsylvania right now where in the Philly area, there's this escaped convict. And my theory is that he made his way over to Temple's campus <laughs> and he was actually on the defensive line that game terrorizing Akron. And that's why they turned it around at the end. <laughs> well, For, you're, you're is, first. There, is, is there actually an escaped convict? Yes. In, yeah, it's a huge really? deal. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, yeah. He played for the Eagles about 10 years ago. His name's Michael Vick. Hey, too soon. Still too yeah, soon. Yes, Buffalo and Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, Benji, you want to talk about this game at all, or is that pretty much it? That's pretty much it. Okay, uh, good, good. Akron, I, I think we're, I think I'm feeling good about the four wins this year. I, I'm still That's not. I'm still not. And and when I was watching this game, Connor, a lot of your takes about Akron are correct. Um, the only reason why they were up is because of big plays and busted coverage from temple um there was a wheel route from the running back you know the common one where the linebacker doesn't follow the running back all the way and he slips and wide open for a touchdown then they had a busted middle screen for uh lorenzo lingard i think it is um and that went 75 yards he literally yeah so lingard it's interesting because lingard's the guy we kind of hyped up before the season as a transfer and we talked a lot about it, and he made one catch, and it was amazing. It was a great screen, but his running game wasn't exactly what we expected. It was fine, right? He was average, below average, maybe. But uh, I mean, Temple didn't run the ball. It felt like so. No, and, and like I said, it was it, it was a great screen concept. You know, it was a slip screen that fooled Temple and everything. But that was about it. They, you know, they had two great, they had two big plays, and uh, uh, who was their who was their um, uh, Oh God! The wide receiver that came from um, Penn State, Jennings, I think his name is. Uh, let me look it up real quick. But he had a fifty-yard catch too. Um, so they had a couple big plays. Oh, D- Daniel George. Daniel George. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Daniel George had a couple big plays, and I was actually very shocked at how quiet Alex Adams was. You know, Alex Adams only had three receptions for eleven yards. It seemed that they really targeted Daniel George. But I mean. Listen to this. Like, you know, you take out the Daniel George catch and the Lingard catch. The next longest play is 15 yards. You know, Drake Anderson had a 15-yard rush. Uh, Miles Walker had a 14-yard catch. So they literally had two plays of 50-plus, which gave them two touchdowns, and that was it. And that pretty much was it. And then DJ Irons, unfortunately, threw a late interception. He did He did great. You know, he did great for his standards. He, he did great game-managing stuff. Um, but... Akron can't rely on these big plays, I don't think. I Otherwise, they're not going to win four games. But, you know, the second to last game we're going to recap will uh, will be the uh, Buffalo versus Wisconsin game. Buffalo fans, I hope you had a great time. Oh, I know you did. It's not hope. You had Let's to have go. a great time. Buffalo. Yes. And Buffalo covered. And it was close for a while as it was only 14-10 at halftime. And then Wisconsin showed why they are leaps and bounds better than Buffalo and won 38-17. Yeah. yeah. Anytime, anytime you give up 40 rushes for 314 yards, four <laughs> touchdowns, and seven and a half yards, 7.9 yards per carry, you're not going to win the game. But a lot of, I'll, I'll give that 89 of those came off one run, but 
I think Wisconsin really just pounded the ball in the second half. And Which is crazy for them being an air raid team that they're trying to go to. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be a much of an air raid team this year. I just – and I I'm, was not impressed by Tanner Mordecai at all. Um, I thought Cole Snyder actually outplayed him for the most part. also don't think that they have speedy receivers. You know, I think they've got yeah, a lot of – Yeah, they do pers- not have receivers to run on air raid to say the least. And you know what also kind of reminds me of, Benji, and I hate to say this, but it looks like you're trying to go from a Lloyd Carr system to a Rich Rod system, and the conditioning is not the same. Yeah, but I think offense. this – I think I think they have a much better coach. No, I, I agree, but yeah. I'm just talking from a conditioning perspective. Yeah, I think I think that long-term – in a couple of years, this, they'll look a lot better. But, yeah, I think that's a good analogy. But I don't think that they're going – like with Rich Rodriguez, he went from a, a very pro-style team and tried to make them run a spread option with pro-style players, and it didn't work. Yeah. I think this is going from an even more pro-style team that just runs – ran love running like 32 personnel and 33 personnel and – they're going more of a multiple, a spread multiple. I'll call it to where they're doing a lot of spread concepts, but they're gonna they're they're, they're Wisconsin. They're gonna run the ball. That's, yeah, especially this year, I think with their two good backs. And before Connor jumps in on his uh, mini recap of this, Benji, I would have loved to see what Rich Rod would have done if he had the transfer portal. He probably would have got a lot of his guys in, you know, that could run his offense. So. Uh, they would have gone into Michigan. Well, but, that's yeah, especially okay. through the transfer portal. <laughs> True, uh, <laughs> Connor, talk about this Wisconsin Buffalo game. I mean, I think Richrod failed more because of the three three five and forcing the defense. Yes, no, we that was bad all too. the time. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, yeah, not yeah. too much to say about this game. I was just surprised to see Buffalo still in it. It's one of those that I didn't get to watch at the time, but I was like checking the ESPN app constantly, and I was like, wait a second. It's almost it's almost there. They're almost tied at half. But yeah, of course, Wisconsin's better. Nothing too major here. And I think and I think Buffalo's only like touchdown slash points came off of uh, Wisconsin turnovers. It's not like Buffalo had like a nice eighty yard drive like CMU had. It was thirty yard drive touchdown uh, picked off picked Mordecai off at like the twenty got a field goal. So yeah, Wisconsin's defense still elite, but you know. The last game we're going to recap, and it was by far the best best game of the day overall in the MAC, and probably one of the best games overall. Even though, you know, it wasn't the best result, but the game in itself was awesome. And it's sad Toledo couldn't close the deal, but Illinois, they escaped. Illinois got lucky with a fourth down. Yeah, bomb Illinois got play. very, very lucky. Did you see that fourth down play? Yeah, I mean, you that's... know, and. You know, hats off to Toledo because they played their effing ass off this whole game. Should have won, you know, but it's it's one of those games where they lost, but I came away even more impressed. Uh, they got some studs at receiver. They got a stud running back. Daquan Thin played his ass off. Um, then they... <laughs> It was such a tough loss. Anytime, anytime you lose on a field goal and ten regulation, it's just tough. But especially a Big Ten opponent when they they gave a good, a solid Big Ten team everything they had. Well, so the way they lost too, the way that got Illinois in that field goal range, that fourth and eight 
40 yeah. yard play. Like, you know, I was sitting up on my couch. I was like, oh my God, Toledo's going to do it. And then I saw that throw and I was like, there's no way he catches it. But it was a perfect throw. You know, it was yeah. a perfect throw, perfect catch. Uh, yeah. Perfect, to, perfect defense. To, to Casey Washington, that was, I, I, I thought that kind of gave Illinois the game. Right. That and the interception by Daquan Thin. Yeah. They that had all the, the momentum. Yeah, that pick yeah. six was, you know, yeah. that was a great pick six. Because yeah. watching it live, I actually thought he had the receiver. I was like, oh, this is going to be 50-50. Yeah, but no, looking at it, that was a great play by the safety. Yeah. That was a great play. Connor, give you two cents. Yeah. I mean, this really was probably one of the best D1 games of the night, honestly. Yeah. This was such an intense football game. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that pick six completely changed things because it looked like Toledo was just starting to run away, and then boom, here's a pick six. Things are close. I I think the other big takeaway for me was I thought Toledo controlled possession a lot better in this game yes. than the stats actually show. They had about five minutes more of possession time, but it felt like ages to me. I don't know if that's just because of the stupid media timeouts happening when they happen and all that BS going on with how the uh, less snaps in the game is happening. Oh, I hate that rule. Hate it. Cannot stand yeah, it already. Me too. No, it, it's, it's really frustrating. There's no point in, in enforcing that rule or creating that rule. It's, it's stupid. Yeah, and and one more thing before you. Before, sorry to interrupt you, Connor, because you got me heated on this because yeah. I hate this rule. <laughs> it's what I said earlier. No one has ever said they want to see less college football. You know, you do this to speed up the game on sports you don't want to see. You know, basketball, the last two minutes, needs to be sped up. Yes. Uh, baseball needs to be sped up. Guess what? They took me- measures to do that. I've never heard one person in my life say the sport of college football needs to be sped up. What I've heard is there need to be less commercials and there need to be less commercial breaks because, Connor, I think in that Mich- CMU-MSU game, I think we saw a uh, 10-minute break and we saw eight seconds of action at one We're point. We're going to see. this With this rule, it's just basically going to – and it's going to give us more. You score, we go to a media timeout. We come back, you kick off, meet another media timeout. There's the NFL. nothing more frustrating than that. <laughs> think there all is have nothing. It's the NFL. It's the NFL. Uh, all they have to do is add more picture-in-picture picture ads. If you really want to sell more ads yes. and you really want to keep people looking yeah. at the screen, because I don't know about everyone else in the entire millennial generation, but I'm pretty sure we're all just looking at our phones during ads anyway. Why not yeah. just picture-in-picture picture boxes so we're forced to see that Michelob Ultra ad? You know? It, it, it's just... Uh, I hate I, it. I agree. Yeah. And, I, and it, also, it also really kills the in-person experience again. You know, on top... On top of, you know, like I said, Michigan State, Spartan Stadium, having the rows this and all this and this, it, that really kills the in-person experience. Like, Connor, you know, we got in there, and I yeah. swear, in 45 minutes, it was halftime. Like, I was like, wh- where did it go? Like, it didn't seem like it was worth the, you know, $65 that we paid, right? Yeah. Like, and, and there was a lot of just dead time, right? Because yeah. was, it just interrupts the action. It's frustrating. But... Yeah, it is what it is. It's gonna be um, here to stay. Yeah, unfortunately. Again, just add picture in picture shit. It's so much better. I agree. I wish there was a way that people like that they would actually listen to fans and fans would be like, Hey, we don't like this and they take it out. But they won't well, do that. We can stop watching football. <laughs> so this is the last ever episode of the Great Lakes Great Iron Podcast. No. Stream uh, East Connor. Stream I'm not saying I advocate for illegal streaming, but well, you know they're getting rid of that. 
Uh, no, they're not, Benji. Don't you dare do this to me, okay? Don't rain NFL, on my parade. The NFL and um, the UFC and Listen. the NBA are coming after you. Yeah, Dana White's going to take it down. Yeah. yeah. Listen, <sighs> the internet always wins. I'll go to spurt, sportssurge.com and find Batman streams or something like that. You no, know? but they're, 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 uh, they're allegedly coming together to get rid of all those streaming sites. And the internet's always going to win and make another one. Connor, Connor Lime, knows I'm right. <laughs> but you know who never loses, right? Apparently Illinois. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, it is actually interesting looking back at some of these stats though. Um, I'm a little, I'm still confident in Toledo being a team that wins pretty much every game in the MAC this year and is going yeah. to nearly win out the rest of the season, if not win it out. Uh, I'm a little worried about on defense, some of the secondary stuff. They didn't do too bad against the pass, but I think the big key for them is the same as it's always been, where if Toledo doesn't turn the ball over, they win games. And they did pretty well at that besides the pick six. So and that was the we'll turning that point, carries though. in. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, that yeah, that was the turning point in the game. And it, uh, one more thing, and then we'll go to the re, uh, previews. Um, Connor and I were texting our group chat. Anytime Toledo would do good, Connor would go, "Happy rocket noises," <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, "Rocket power!" <laughs> woogie, woogie, woogie. Yes, exactly. Uh, so, any Toledo rocket fans that listen to us, let us know what you're saying is, because um, we don't know it. And we'd like no to idea, no, no clue what you guys yeah. say over there. Yeah, like it's is is, is it rocket power? I wish it rocket was rocket power. Is good. I know I, it would be awesome if it was rocket power. But that'll do it for the uh, recaps. You know, we were a bit lengthy because we went to a game and pounded hey, on hey, Spartan hey, Stadium. Little side side topic. What were the people like the normal people that would jump to the beach in rocket power? Like shoebies. I have no idea. Do you remember though? They oh, it was so like, <laughs> like basically like just regular people who didn't do like the extreme sports that they did. They'd call them like shoebies or something. Are you looking this up, Connor? I'm. Tr- I, this is gonna be so hard to find. Because there, there was that episode of Rocket Power where they had the indoor like skate thing. Yeah, and they yeah, said yeah. it a bunch. Shoebies, something like that. Just, just the side notes on this, like people analyzing this tv show is like is otto just a sociopath or like what's going <laughs> it, on it here? was shoobies shoobies that's right. awesome okay you know what are not shoobies though us previewing week two okay you know we're doing a two-part on this episode this week as mother nature gave me a nice labor day gift of 102 fever on monday and a 99.5 fever on tuesday and probably something sunday but didn't have anything to measure <clears throat> with until monday so, you know, I was day-to-day on, like, Cooper Cup, um, and uh, we are going to recap week two games. We're going to do it just like we did week one, one to three-minute previews. Should be a much better week record-wise for the MAC. All games are on Saturday, so not missing anything with this coming out on Friday slash Saturday morning. First game we're going to start with is the ever-so-competitive Ball State versus UGA. And it's going to be UGA big, and I think they cover the 43. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's it. That. That's the end of the preview. <laughs> that's that's, that's all we need. Literally. That's it's it. literally. I, I think I think Ball State's going to cover here. I do too. Yes. I, don't. I think I think Georgia sees all the negative media it had about starting slow, and they're going to take it out on Ball oh, State. No, you might be right. I'm going to have to rethink that one. Yeah. I, I think it's uh, going to be fifty-nine nothing. 
I think, I think this team's not as bad. They're not as bad. I no, think Georgia, I think Georgia's UGA, so much better. I think UGA, Michigan, and Ohio State both are going to blow out their opponents this week. Look, if Ball Just State... with all the negative pub they've gotten this week. Look, if Ball State couldn't cover against Kentucky, they ain't covering against Georgia. See, but what I, what I don't get with this is, like, Ball State last week, Marquez Cooper only had 33 yards on 15 carries, and that was against Kentucky, right? He's supposed to be their star, and you're going against now Georgia's linebacking group. Who that's uh, my point. When they're not driving cars, are pretty dang good at their jobs. So they drive yeah, cars. We'll they see. drive cars as as recklessly as they play defense. With no, yeah, I'm gonna have life. to reconsider. I'm gonna reconsider that Ball State twenty forty two and a half. I don't and know I what just, my bet's gonna it, be. It's just okay. it's gonna let up, and it's gonna be like a I, I don't know. I just I feel like they went by like forty or something like that. I can see. It, and the over under says basically that Ball State's going to score ten points. And that's, yeah. and, but that's what I was going to say is if you think Ball State's going to cover, take the over then. Because I, I'm guarantee you, Georgia's going to get forty two. Yeah, I like the or the over. Yeah, lot. you know what? I'm going to do that. I'm going to take that. I just hate taking the overs right now because of all the uh, ads. I know, I know. So yeah. it's fifty two and a half. But if you think Ball State can cover, you have to take the over. I don't see any other way Ball State covers. All right, all like, right. I see forty two fourteen if they cover, right? That has to be the only way. Yeah, I'm taking to my to the over there. You've um, convinced us. And when I'm yeah. right, choo choo. Anyways, and it's not even one of your bets. I know it won't. No, it's not. It won't be one of my locks. Next is the uh, New Hampshire at CMU game. Uh, yeah. What? Oh, no, go ahead. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Next is New Hampshire at CMU, one thirty p.m. And you know CMU is going to get their first win here. But God, yeah. they have to find someone that can throw the damn ball. I, I want to see them throw the ball. Like that's 30, 30 I want to see thirty attempts. I want forty. Yeah, I want forty. Yeah. So if you uh, if, if you ever look at the recaps for games or the previews for games on ESPN, they have the FBI stuff, right? It yeah. gives you a prediction of the percentage of winning, right? Uh, Central only has like an eighty-one percent chance to win this game, according to FBI. That's not so. Good. New Hampshire could actually like be a competitive game. And I believe uh, New Hampshire is where Chip Kelly was from. I believe he went to, from New Hampshire to Oregon. So that's, that's probably why they lined it up, huh? Yeah, probably. And I will say, New Hampshire's got a great quarterback, uh, Brosmere. He went nineteen for twenty-five last week with five tutties. So, yep. uh, oh. yeah, he has he has more completions than Emmanuel had attempts, and he's got about four times as many yards. What, what so, were they last year? Um, anyways, In, New, New Hampshire's not a bad bad Division two school. You know, they're pretty they're good. Nine four last yeah. year, not bad. But CMU, um, CMU has to win this game. We have yeah. to win this game, and we're going to win this game, and we're gonna actually air the ball out. We're gonna throw the ball at least thirty times because we have to. Yeah, we have to figure they that. Need out. To These get games the reps. are meant to figure stuff get out. The game reps. Yep. Yes. These games are to figure stuff out. All right. Uh, no line on this because it's FCS. All that stuff. You know. Next That's something game I is... learned. I learned too recently was that the FCS games have no lines. I do not know that. Yeah, because they don't really know how to put it. You know. Yeah. Um. Next is Bowling Green versus Eastern Illinois University. Bowling Green should win this. I'm curious if our boy yeah. Connor starts. Connor, yeah. are you starting? This is another one I want to see the passing offense. I want to see Connor. <laughs> yeah, not Connor. Throw three picks. Connor, are you gonna throw three picks? Uh, look. 
<laughs> uh, no, definitely not, because Eastern Illinois actually isn't even that good of a. Uh, what are are they D two now or are they FCS? They're FCS. Is that yeah. Tony Roma school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is Tony Roma school. And, they uh, haven't made Jimmy the uh, playoffs. And Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo. No, Jimmy Garoppolo is the other one. I thought Jimmy Garoppolo was later. Eastern. No. No. Oh, no. it's Southern. Uh, oh, anyway, you're right. You're Eastern right. Eastern hasn't made the playoffs since 2015. This is going to be a blowout game next. <laughs> okay. Uh, next is a former MAC matchup in Miami of Ohio versus UMass in Massachusetts in Foxborough. Uh, kickoff is 3:30. This game should get Miami of Ohio back on track, and I like them minus seven. And I I would play this all the way up to minus 14. Honestly, yeah, I think I think Matt, uh, UMass is is improved from last year. Shout out Donny Brown. Uh, uh, Dr. Blitz, but and I like their quarterback Tayson. Uh, he he uh, was transferred from Clemson. I remember he had a horrific leg injury in their spring game back in 2021. Uh, I really like their quarterback. I think they they have a chance to be a bowl eligible team this year. We'll see, but I think Miami covers here. Yeah, you know it's cool that you mentioned that because they have a really good receiver connection too with Anthony Simpson. Yep. Uh, he had 100 last week, and he is a strong receiver. So if they're going to have a shot at this game, that's how they're going to do it. However, uh, I still think UMass is one of the worst programs in the nation. And they didn't really show me anything last week to change my mind. I mean, I still have Miami of Ohio as the team who uh, who really can make some noise if they run the ball correctly. So we'll see how it goes. I'm curious if uh, Brett Gabbard is going to say, this was an old Mac matchup, and we'll show you who really runs the Mac. Stuff like that, you know, really get underneath his opponent's skin like he did with Miami <laughs> Hurricanes last week. Yeah. Just be quiet, man. Just I'll uh, I'll manage your Twitter for five dollars. <laughs> for, for stands. For a for a Locos Tacos. You got me. Yep. For a Locos for a, for a five dollar box, I'll do it. Yes. Um but yeah, so Miami big I we think Miami big. Yeah. So yeah, take that minus seven if you can. Next up is Southern Illinois, Jimmy Garoppolo at uh Justin Lynch, Jordan Lynch, NIU. NIU is going to go two and zero. Is this rivalry game? No, it's technically not. it should well, be. It should be. <laughs> it's like Indiana State and Ball State, kind of, well, but not as yeah. big. Well, it's a Northern Illinois and a Southern Illinois. You think it'd be a big rivalry? You would game. think, right? But I don't yeah. think there's a title on it. Is there, Connor? I'm looking right now because I what's thought a this highway was. That, what's a highway that goes north and south in the state of Illinois? Illinois highways. I have no idea where Southern Illinois is located, um, so that doesn't help. But yeah, shout out to their Wikipedia page that doesn't have anything <laughs> about rivals in it. That's real nice. Good I'm job gonna, on there. I'm gonna guess it's high Highway 57. Okay, this is the worst. Wait, no, fi- there's I, Southern. Wait, the ba- the where does battle? Northern Illinois play again? Decatur? D- Decatur, Illinois? DeCab, DeCab. DeCab, Illinois. That's right. DeCab. Okay. So it's going to be U.S. It's going to be U.S. 39. Or sorry, uh, Interstate 39. The battle for Interstate 39. Whatever I'm it is. Clip that and uh, traffic cone. Traffic cone that too, because it's the Midwest. <laughs> yeah. Lighten, write this down. Write this down. <laughs> SpongeBob. Anyways, uh, NIU big. <laughs> Yeah, yes. this is this is a far better school, right? When we're talking about FCS schools to play, Southern yeah. Illinois is yeah. pretty pretty darn close to cream of the crop, honestly. So yeah, that's one to watch out for. Yeah, still NIU big. 
Yeah, and they yeah. they did have a rough season last year, if I remember right. So anyway, next game uh, would be a great basketball matchup, and I wish it was like in the NCAA tournament. But God, it's, I wish it was. Yeah, Texas Southern versus Toledo, three thirty from the glass ball. Uh, Toledo by five touchdowns. Yeah, yep. they're gonna they're gonna bounce back. Uh, Home opener. Yeah, this would be an awesome basketball game. Those are great programs. I know. A lot of tradition. I know. Uh, next is Broncos of Western Michigan traveling to Syracuse. Not the Carrier Dome anymore, whatever it's called, but it's always the Carrier Dome. Uh, Syracuse wins big. Uh, I think they cover the 24, actually. And I would almost take the over in this. I think first week was the under with the new rules. I think this is the week of the overs. Uh, I also think Syracuse probably wins 44-14. Yeah. Tickets as low as $5. Wow. I wish we would. That's crazy. See, it's interesting. I actually like the under in this one with 57. I, yeah, I, think I do too. High because I don't think either team's going to score enough for this. Yep. Uh, also, this game exists because of Mike Hart. Hell yeah. He's the running does. back coach for both schools. So yep. there you go. The Mike Hart That's is, why they scheduled he's it. He's going to be, he's going to, shout out Mike Hart is going to be uh, coaching his first game as head coach this weekend. He's going to get his first coach. win unless I just jinxed yeah. it. <laughs> I better not have jinxed it. Uh, see, I, I'm gonna go against you guys on the uh, under. You know, if Western gave up 17 to Syracuse, uh, to um, um, wow, St. Francis, they're gonna give up at least 30 to Syracuse, and I think Western's gonna score at least two touchdowns, which would put that at 44 at least. So that's why I say the over. But we'll talk about that later. Uh, the Golden Flashes travel to Arkansas on a game they most likely will lose by five or more touchdowns, like they did against UCF. Uh, in the pig pen at 4 p.m. on the SEC Network. Uh, they're a 38-point underdog, and they're going to lose by 50 again. Uh, if UCF can beat them by 50, Arkansas can beat them by 50. Benji? Yeah, I'm going Hogs minus 38. I, I'd love for Kent State to prove me wrong, but I just don't see it. There, I mean, there's no chance here. This is just a game that you have to learn what's going on and learn how to play against better opponents with. But, I mean, there's such a talent disparity. This this yeah. is the only program I'm going to say that is worse than UMass. Yes. New head coach, though. Be patient. Kenny Burns. Love him. Love him. Yeah. This is Kenny Burns' podcast. Don't forget. It is. So um, um, next game we're talking about is Buffalo. They're going to get the first win of the year against Fordham at 6 p.m. A nice night game in that terrible, terrible stadium with the track around it. I'll be watching, though. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo is going to win, but... This is another one like the C- CMU and Bowling Green. It just getting the reps in and getting a, should be an easy win for the for the Bulls. Connor. Yep. I mean, <laughs> I the only thing I knew about this team is last year their quarterback was Tim Demoret, and he was an undrafted free agent with the uh, Commanders or whatever they're called. So uh, I think I think Fordham for was where uh, Jack McCarthy from unnecessary roughness. Went to school, so well, we don't like him even more now. Yeah, shout, shout out Jack Mack. <laughs> so, uh, next game is uh, Morgan State at Akron, and Connor doesn't like this game because it's going to be the one game that Akron wins, and it's going to hurt his under. Nah, he he predicted them to win this game. So, yeah, uh, this is the one win I have in the list, and I'm just hoping to see Lingard get more touches. That's really what it comes down to for me with Akron. I want to see how much they can run with him. Yeah, and this should yeah. be an easy game. Yeah, I want to see more more Lingard. Easy win for Akron. So, the next two games, 
We save these for last. Are going to be the most interesting games in the MAC this week. They have a lot of implications on teams' futures. Uh, the first game we're going to talk about is Ohio FAU. Does work start? If he does, Ohio has a chance. If not, this game won't be close. 6 p.m. kickoff. FAU is only a three and a half point favorite. Uh, I'm taking FAU in the points. I don't know. I don't think Rourke starts personally. Uh, if he didn't start last week, I think there's some real concern because we talked about you want him to get reps. You want him to be comfortable. And I think he might have tweaked his knee. And I think they might save him for conference play. So I could see him being out this game. And I think FAU rolls. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, go ahead, Connor. I, I was just looking at it because I had to check back and see if any of us predicted Ohio upsetting FAU because it is a pretty close game, all things considered, and none of yeah. us did. And that yeah, was before Con- we knew any of the news. Yeah, Casey Thompson last week, 20 to 25, 280, five touchdowns on pick. Jeez. I think I I think I originally put Ohio. I'm changing that. I'm going FAU minus three and a half. Because and I think what Rourke, I as well. Rourke, Rourke is banged up. I just don't see it. It's at, at on the road and book on. Should be a good game, but I I don't see it. And there's not you know there's Ohio's defense going to keep him in there, but it's going to be it's just going to be just like what happened in Week One against San Diego State. Is their offense is just going to go three and out or turn the ball over, especially if Work's not playing. And FAU runs away with it. But mm-hmm. the last game we're going to talk about, whoo, it's my favorite one of the week. It's PJ Fleck facing Eastern Michigan again. You know, Minnesota at the bank. At the bank yeah. Opens as a 20 point, 20.5 point favorite against the Eagles in Minneapolis. 7.30 PM. The environment's going to be great. Game is going to determine how, I think this game's going to ter- determine how EMU is looking the rest of the year. You know, Minnesota wasn't the best last week. They were in contention of being the worst. How can you almost lose to a first-year head coach, Matt Rule, in Nebraska, right? And they should have, they should have lost that game. They should. I, I, really. They got a miracle fumble with, what, two and a half minutes left, Benji, I think yeah, it was? Yeah. yeah, Nebraska won that game, and then they nebraska Yeah, yeah they Nebraska-ed. made up that word. Yeah. And I said this after the game on Thursday. I think I said it to you, Connor, Friday when we uh, met up. I said, Easton could beat them. I said Eastern could beat Minnesota, but I said that before Eastern played Howard. So now I don't know. If Eastern would have blown out Howard, I'd be hammering Eastern plus 20 and a half. Now, my best bet, under 48 and a half. Yeah, I, I struggled with the over-under. I think I would go under here, but I like the EMU plus 20 and a half. I think that's... Uh... That's wild that you guys are both going under on this one. I actually have the over. I, I just don't think Minnesota can score. That's my, that, yeah. Against this sieve of a defense of Eastern, I, I think this is going to be high scoring in general. They, and the, the line is corrected based off of last week's under Palooza. Yeah, I'm all about this. 48 and a half, sign me up. I mean, I'm just saying Minnesota went against Nebraska's defense team, whose defense last year wasn't the best and could only muster, what, six points? 10 points, Benji? Was yeah. It, was it 10? 13-10. 13-10. And yeah. again, three of those were late. And, and I think Minnesota's defense is actually pretty solid. Yeah. So I don't think Eastern's going to score at all. And again, that's the – I think Eastern maybe gets two touchdowns. So you're telling me, Connor, that for two touchdowns for Eastern that uh, Minnesota's going to get 35 points, five touchdowns with how that's, they play? That's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. Yep. 
We'll see because yep. I don't big talent difference between Eastern and Nebraska, and I am not as high on Eastern after that weird Howard thing as I was before the season. That's true. That's true. But it could also have been a one-off, you know, because like we said, you know, they went into that game halftime perfectly fine and let off. So who knows? But that'll be it for today's podcast for today's episode. Thank you for everyone for listening and. We'll be back next week with a great episode and preview of another CMU game we're going to go to. We apologize for this being a little long. Like I said, you guys can kind of hear it. Still a little hoarse, still a little sick. So, But got to keep the content pumping out for you guys. Um, this is my Jordan flu game, even though it's probably not as good as his. Nothing <laughs> well. But uh, <clears throat> thank you guys for listening to us. And we'll have our picks on our Twitter uh, when it gets close to game time. Have a good night, guys. Have a good week, guys. Align's my line. <laughs>